0: We're doing a rare live Locked On MLB this Saturday. and I'm going to tell you another very rare thing about this episode. It's one where your pal Sully is going to be very positive about the New York Yankees. And I'm not being sarcastic. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is where the game starts. And it would have been very long odds that I'd be doing a pro-Yankees podcast But guess what? Sometimes he can't avoid the truth. And the truth is, this is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello baseball fans, welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you're watching me on the live feed or on the YouTube feed, uh, you can call me Sully. If you're just listening to me, yeah, call me Sully anyway. Hey, uh, thanks so much for listening and make us your first listen. Uh, make your second lesson be Locked on Yankees. Hosted by the great Stacy Gottsulius. Stacy Gottsulius is a wonderful writer. She's been a podcaster for a long time. She was the one who introduced me to the lockdown podcast world. And um, <clears throat> which day it was either Thursday or Friday was her birthday. So happy birthday, Stacy Scott! She's really terrific, um, really funny person, really terrific person. I'm very happy to consider her my friend. And we will sometimes, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, joust with each other because I'm a native New Englander who grew up rooting for the Red Sox. She's, of course, a diehard Yankee fan. Uh, and those of you who don't know me, I'm also a, I've been a podcaster for more than you know, a decade. I'm an I Emmy-nominated mean, television producer. <clears throat> um, like Stacy, I've been on HBO. She was on uh, Nine Innings from Ground Zero. Great, great documentary. Uh, I was on Curse of the Bambino and Versus Curse of Bambino. I am a feeling that if you're a Yankee fan listening to this, yeah, you probably want to avoid those. But anyway, uh, all of them well-made, and we've been involved in it. Uh, Follow our show. Follow Lockdown MLB at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow Lockdown Yankees at Lockdown Yankees on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me. I'm your pal, Sully at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, Uh, I wanted to talk about this for a little bit. The New York Yankees, a lot has been written about it, about how they had this dreadful August. They lost a ton of series. They didn't win a series until they won the two games, uh, (coughs) excuse me, two games against the Mets the other day. Um, One of them was a Scherzer start, uh, two very close games. They won a very close game against uh, the Oakland A's, Last night, where the only scoring came on an Aaron Judge, a three-run home run, in I believe it was the fifth or sixth inning. Either way, uh, the the Yankees went on this 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 terrible terrible spin. Um, a lot of people jumped on them gleefully. A lot of people jumped on them uh, disappointingly. Um, it was it it took them in a situation where they went through um, most of the month of August without winning a series and they it was they were winning they were losing series in dumb ways uh with poor decisions with uh bullpen collapses with you know bad base running leaving runners in scoring position i mean between let me just put it this way between july 31st and july tw- august 20th so for three weeks, the Yankees could not put together a two-game winning streak. They did not win back-to-back games during that entire stretch. And they were up against teams. That they There was a tough schedule. Seattle's a playoff team. St. Louis is a playoff team. Back to Seattle, okay? Boston's not a playoff team. Uh, but Tampa Bay is. Toronto is. And the Mets are. That's a very hard schedule. But with that being said... It was a good old fashioned dumpster fire of what was going on, and they went through a patch where they went—I um, believe it was four and fourteen—at one point they lost fourteen out of eighteen games, and all you know, whisperings were they've got to fire Cashman, they've got to fire um, you know Boone. The team's a disaster. Uh, you know, what's you know a team that looked like it was going to be an absolute. Uh, uh, the the favorite to march all the way to the World Series, suddenly was like, are they even going to make the playoffs? And people were bringing up fried chicken and uh, beer and video games a la the spectacular collapse of the Red Sox in 2011. People say, saying, where does this rank amongst the great disasters? And da-da-da, did I mention da-da-da, did I mention da-da-da? Well, an interesting thing happened on the way to uh, – the Yankees going through one of the great collapses in their team history, and that is, at least as of this point, it hasn't happened. And not only that, let's just let's just rewind things a little bit here. I'm gonna be Superman for a second. I'm gonna be Rimmer Superman. He spun around the world, and the world went back in time. They went back in time. I'm gonna spin the world back. I'm gonna go to the beginning of the season. I'm gonna point out a couple of things and ask any Yankee fan this about the current scenario of the Yankees. They are currently on pace to win 100 games. They are currently eight and a half games ahead of the next team. An eight and a half game lead. Okay? Not only that, they are online to all, I mean, there's all but certain that they are going to be uh, missing the new wild card round because they are a you know they're eight not just eight and a half game lead on the division but they're eight and a half game lead on uh, you know the not making the not being one of the wild card teams and in terms of having the best record of one of the two best records of the division winner they are ten games ahead, actually eleven games ten in the loss column. Ahead of the Cleveland Guardians for the, for the um, for the third division winner, so they are on pace to be a hundred win team. Ease to the division with. Uh, keep alive. This is the final. We are currently now in the final Saturday of August. The next time we meet on a Saturday, guess what? We'll be in September, and. Yeah, you know, let's say let's say realistically there could be a two game swing either way in a week. If it's a bad two game swing, it's still a six and a half game lead heading into September. And if it's a good one, it could be a ten and a half game lead heading into September. And Aaron Judge is on pace to not only win the American League Most Valuable Player, but probably you know barring a you know uh, barring a collapse will probably pass Roger Barris for the, let's just deal with facts, the American League record for a single-season home run. He's already at 49 home runs. If, I mean, he's at 49 home runs and 109 runs batted in with an OPS over 1,000, and that's over 122 games. By the way, he also has 14 steals. So I'd like him to get six more stolen bases. I'd like him to be a 60-20 man, but I digress that Garrett Cole would be a workhorse. He's giving you 200 strikeouts and 157 in two-thirds innings, and it's not September yet. Jameson Tyon has pitched well. If I had said all of that to a Yankee fan, that this is the scenario that they would be in, if I surveyed, let's say, a million Yankee fans... I would get a million saying, yeah, that's best-case scenario. Think of what the team was entering there. Entering the season, there were question marks about the pitching staff. There were question marks about the lineup. There were question marks about shortstop. And I'm not saying they've all been solved. What I'm saying is these were not the problems you thought you were getting into going into this year. 100-win season, cruising to a division title with a legitimate ace pitcher and an MVP, would you sign off on that? I'm guessing the answer is yes. In fact, I'm not guessing that. I'm saying that's the biggest surefire bet in history that everyone would have signed off on that if you were a Yankee fan. If you're talking about bets, go to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events, at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online is where the game starts. But there's more to it than this. There's more to what Yankee fans should be positive about beyond just the fact that they're playing even with the crummy August. And it is a crummy August, but even with the crummy August, they're in a fantastic position for a bunch of reasons. Now, again, if I went back to the beginning of this year and said, do you what, the biggest problems you would have is the fact that uh, Nestor Cortez is hurt. You traded away Jordan Montgomery. Michael King is hurt, and they've lost uh, Matt Carpenter for the year. Again, think about what a weird upside down to to invoke images of stranger things. Wait a minute. Carpenter? We're we're worried about Jordan Montgomery? What? That you got contributions from players who weren't even on the radar. Okay, Nestor Cortez was because he had a nice season last year, but it was a question mark. No one knew if he was going to be Aaron Small 2.0, Sean Chacon 2.0, the guy who did a good job one year and was a one-hit wonder. You didn't know that. Matt Carpenter, lifetime Cardinal, with a mustache that makes him look like a 70s cop, That losing him and King? King? Who had King listed amongst their most important Yankees going into this season? If you claim you do, I want to see it. I want to see the picture. I want to see it notarized that you said that he was going to be a major part. They've already got, even when you consider, when you the team got gigantic contributions from uh, Montgomery and Carpenter and King, even if you don't have them at the end of the year, you already have cashed in those contributions that allowed you to withstand a terrible month. Also, this is, a you know, you're not supposed to bring up things like mentality and psychology and that, that, that because everything's reduced to numbers. I don't believe that, but that's the way everyone seems to think. But think about this for a second. Sometimes having a tiny bit of adversity, a little kick to the shins, can help a team. Sometimes a sort of you know, jiggles the the proverbial starter key. And you think about things like, would this team have been stagnant? Would this team have been stagnant if they did roll to 110 win season with no adversity? This team got a jolt, got a wake-up call. And yeah, Aaron Boone smashed the table with his fist or whatever it was after the press conference. I you know, I think stuff like that could be overrated. You know, you could be calm, you could be fiery, all this different stuff. But you saw there was emotion coming out of him. You saw there was a sense of urgency coming about when they lost you know, they had the the series where Donaldson hit the walk-off grand slam and like, "Oh, now the team's woken up again." Well, then they lost the next three games to Toronto, and they were on the verge of a four-game sweep at home, knowing that Max Scherzer was coming the next day. And you look it up and say, oh, my God, after the Donaldson home run, they're going to be on a four, maybe five-game losing streak. They won that final game against Toronto, dramatic game. That was the game of Benintendi hit the home run. Still had to face Scherzer and give them credit. They won the two games against the Mets. Off to Oakland, and one of the keys—well, Oakland's a bad team. They traded one of the teen, the keys. Easy for you to say, is to win the games you're supposed to win. That's why the Phillies got back in contention. They beat the snot out of teams like the Nationals and the Pirates. They had trouble with some other teams, but that's what they do. You, if you have teams that you're worse than, beat them up, pile up those wins. Next thing you know. The Yankees are in the middle of a five game winning streak and they're showing life. Haven't you seen enough 80s action films that there's, you know, the tough guy is, is building himself up, those other, they get knocked down, knocked down, knocked down, and then they have to pick himself back up again? Every Stallone film, Schwarzenegger film, Die Hard film, heck, even Robocop. Those, that's the formula. Everything's starting. Oh, they fell apart. Dick Jones has directive on RoboCop. He has to build himself back up. That's what's happening to the Yankees right now. And by the way, be thankful they face this adversity in August, where they have a month to right the ship, instead of facing it with a three-game sweep in October. Now, of course, that could still happen. That could still happen, sure. And it was a bounce here or there that had them win that final game against all the wins they've had recently, save for the bl- first blowout game in Oakland. You had the Keiner-Falefa win against Boston. You had the walk-off Grand Slam by Donaldson. You had the home run by Ben Benintendi. You had last night's game where Judge hit the three-run home run. Obviously, all those games could have bounced the other way. They could be on a massive losing streak. But you think of all those games – During the month of August where they had a lead late, they lost by one run, the bounce here or there, they could have won a bunch of games against the Cardinals or against Seattle or one of those other games against the Red Sox. So it it is the fact that they're playing on the tightrope and for a while they're falling off. Now they've dusted themselves off again. Stanton's back in there. Yeah, the Montgomery trade was weird. But they're... You know, and maybe Harris and Bader will come back, maybe not. I don't know the answer to that. But I'm going to give you an example of a team that had that looked like they were running away with it. There was a team that built up a uh, what was their biggest lead? A 15 game lead heading into August, kind of similar to the Yankees, 15 game lead heading into August, and then they had a losing August. They had a losing record in August. The team I'm talking about is the 2005 Chicago White Sox. They were absolutely cruising to what was going to be easily a 106, 107 win season and making mincemeat of the division. They had a 14 and a half game lead heading into August. They had a 15 game lead on August 1st. And the Cleveland started playing well. And 15 turned into 11. 11 turned into seven. So, okay, so they go into September. Still up seven. Uh, They built it back up to nine and a half. But then they went on a bit of a losing streak. And they faced some adversity. And that lead that was 15 games in August was all the way down to one and a half games. All the way down to one and a half, it just took a bounce here and a bounce there, and they would have allowed Cleveland to catch them. Instead, they gathered themselves, they put on their aft thrusters, and they not only won the division, but they went on to be, along with the 1999 Yankees, the only team in the wild card era to. Nearly run the table. The 99 Yankees lost one game to Boston, game three of the ALCS. And the 2005 White Sox lost one game, game one of the ALCS against the Angels. They had that little bit of adversity, jiggled the handle, that huge lead. And you got the sense that once they got that little scare, that little jolt, they had a little sense of invincibility when they got to the postseason swept the Red Sox, beat the Angels in five, swept the Astros. Granted, a lot of those games were close games. But that being said, I do believe having that little bit of adversity instead of cruising their way to the end wound up helping the team, waking them up, getting them on their toes. And maybe, just maybe, that's what's happening with the Yankees. There's another thing I want to bring up. And this is for non-Yankee fans. And believe me, um, I make no bones. I don't hide the fact that I'm a native New Yorker, a native New Englander. I'm sorry. I lived in New York for a long time. Actually, my children are native New Yorkers for that matter. But um, I'm not going to pretend I'm a Yankee fan. I'm not going to pretend I'm rooting for them. But every once in a while, sometimes it's good for the evil empire to win. For the good of the game. You know, we are now, it's been two th- since 2009. And remember that stretch between 2000 and 2009? It was kind of weird that, like, people, the Yankees win every year. It's like, actually, no, they don't. And now, if you use what I call the rule of seven for new listeners, that means you don't start forming your uh, real sports memories until you're around seven years old. Well, they're teenagers. They're teenagers. And, in New York, who have no memory of a Yankee World Series title. Now, I like to see our our best players win. Aaron Judge is a superstar. Aaron, There's no getting around. He is a superstar. Superstars should eventually win a ring. And every once in a while, it's good for the sake of baseball, for one of the villains to win. One of the bad guys, because it makes them a worthy adversary. It makes them not someone who just falls on their face. Now, granted, baseball has their share of villains out there. Sorry, H-Town and Eric of Locked On Astros. People hate the Astros. A lot of people hate the Dodgers. I'm finding out a lot of people hate the Cardinals. A lot more people hate the Cardinals than I thought. So there are a bunch of teams out there who are legitimate potential heels in the postseason, but no bigger one than the Yankees. And now the Yankee fans who embrace that seem to be happier. And this is no new thing. You know, there's no musical called damn Brewers. So every once in a while, just for the sake of keeping rivalries and everything fresh and alive, sometimes it's, sometimes it's good to have the team you don't want to win, win, because it gives a fire to a fan base. I was not rooting for the Yankees in 2009. In retrospect, I'm glad that A-Rod got a ring. I'm glad that Hideki Matsui and Robinson Cano and CeCe Sabathia and some of the other players from that team didn't finish their career ringless because I like, even for the players who I don't root for, I like to see the best players get a championship. And it sort of created a sense of, okay. there was a little when that happened, there was a little bit of fire under the belly. So when there was facing off of the Yankees in the postseason for Yankee haters, it gave them a little bit of juice. And for Yankee fans, it it kind of renewed their cockiness. That's not a bad thing, because lest we forget, this is entertainment. Unless we forget, as I mentioned earlier about some of those action movies from the 80s, those are entertaining. They're there to entertain the audience. And sometimes the Empire has to strike back. That's considered to be the best Star Wars film, the one where the bad guys won. The bad guys won in Empire Strikes Back. And part of the reason that made us all really want to see Return of the Jedi. Sometimes you need that. It's good for the game sometimes. Now, it doesn't mean I'm expecting everyone who grew up in Weston, Massachusetts, to suddenly put on a Yankee hat, wear number 99, and say all rise every time Judge hits a home run, which seems to be every hour on the hour. What I'm saying is, Yankee fans, don't panic. Listen to Douglas Adams and all the good people who follow The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and don't panic. They could be pulling a 2005 White Sox. And if that's the case, the empire has indeed struck back. You'd rather have a bad August with a lot of money in the bank than a bad October and suddenly you're watching something like a Cleveland-Seattle ALCS And you're sitting wondering what the heck happened. Kind of like what the heck happened today when Sully does a big, is this a pro Yankee show? I don't know if it's a pro Yankee show. It's just dealing with reality. And I like to do that from time to time. You can follow us at Lockdown, and they'll be pod, same handle for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, You can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. Where is it? There at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. If you're a fan of Lockdown Yankees, go check them out. At locked on Yankees on Twitter, and check out the great host Stacy Gotsoulias at Stacy Scotts on Twitter. Great, great content they do. I also check her out on Instagram. Trying to talk Yankee fans off the ledge, pointing out it's a pretty big ledge and not a big drop. This has been Locked On MLB for the twenty seventh day of August, twenty twenty two. I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.